And when you're in the present and choose a future that is not tied to the past, you have a far greater opportunity of having an unlimited future. You get to choose anything if you don't have an association or tie to what you think you can or can't do. David, can you say something? David Katz, CEO and founder of the Plastic Bank. Okay, great. Um, so this is Heja um, Framtiden, the Swedish podcast on the future with an optimistic approach. Um, we're sending live from, or we're not sending live, we're, yeah, we're recording yeah. <laughs> from uh, the MPAC uh, trade fair at Shista, Stockholm. Uh, we're talking about packaging, uh, plastics, recycling, logistics, etc. And I'm sitting here with David Katz, uh, CEO and co-founder of The Plastic Bank. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Exciting to be here. Um, you just gave it your talk on stage. Um, people seem really enthusiastic afterwards. Uh, it's great. Can you once again do the elevator pitch on what Plastic Bank actually is? The easiest way to express what we do is to visualize us as the global chain of stores for the ultra-poor those who make really under a dollar fifty a day, where everything in the store is available to be purchased using plastic garbage by mass, like school tuition you can pay for, pharmaceuticals, insurance, doctor care, Wi-Fi, cell phone minutes, cooking fuel, everything the world's true poor need and could not afford now available using plastic garbage as payment. We've created a monetary system using as well a blockchain-based banking application that turns plastic into gold. You started in Canada. We're based in Canada. So I'm, I'm from Vancouver, proudly Canadian. And we began executing in Haiti. We're now Indonesia, the Philippines, Brazil, opening Egypt, Colombia, and Thailand this year. And we'll see what else occurs. Yeah, because your, your analysis is that 80% of the ocean plastic come from uh, poor countries. Yeah. And uh, like you mentioned in your TED talk, I think, that <clears throat> when you're not high on the uh, Maslow stairs of, uh, of needs, you don't care about recycling. No. You, you, don't, you don't, maybe don't even have a recycling system. Nor do you understand what occurs past your village. You don't understand. I mean, you've never left your village. How do you know what Europe is like? Yeah. How do you know what someone else's beach is like? How do you know the animals that are dying? I mean, they, I mean, they overfish. They have to eat. You know, what, mm. do they, what do they care if they kill a turtle? Mm. So, and you have an analogy with uh, the, the sink and the tap. It's an important analogy. It emphasizes that what humanity needs to do is turn some of its attention away from cleaning the ocean and really being at the root. And, that, and that, the metaphor really is about an overflowing sink and knowing that before we mop or scoop or plunge, we need to turn the tap off. And it really is futile to like keep scooping up water if the, if the tap is still running. And that's what the world currently is doing about marine debris. You know, we've got these companies trying to sell bracelets. Oh, collect a pound. How ridiculous. Taking advantage of the story. You know, people who are tr- you know, trying to do, like authentically do habitat restoration or what people call beach cleanup. Habitat restoration, critically important, has to happen around the world. That way I've got to be stewarding life for sure. 
and even Boyan Slat with the Ocean Cleanup Project. Oh, what a courageous young man trying to do something, but futile, ridiculous. All the money that's going to all those things, we need to be creating recycling infrastructure around the world, solid waste management infrastructure around the world that stops plastic from being dumped into canals. And you see a huge business opportunity here. The world just this year will produce 350 billion kilo of plastic. It's worth well more than a dollar a kilo. It's 350 billion dollars worth of value where most of it will be used one time and then discarded in the environment. 350 billion dollars every three years, more than a trillion. That's a big market. There's not, there's not a lot that are in that realm. And by, by putting a value on this, uh, which used to be waste, uh, no, it was just perceived as waste. Oh, it's, it's never been waste. Yeah, yeah it's been a commodity. It's a bit. It's a resource. It's a petroleum resource. Yeah, but the the chain from picking it up and actually getting paid is uh, very complicated. And you make it really easy with your app. Yeah, the application has a big process behind it. And we ultimately breathe life into it. So we create a. You know, we ultimately we just. I use a. a I use a. You know. Well, it was all parable called the fields of diamonds, acres of diamonds. Was a Persian parable talking about it a man who, who sold his land. And, and it converses, and what we want to exemplify is if you were to walk over a field of diamonds, and, and diamond, I mean, shining, it's sunny, it's shining everywhere, big nuggets of, of diamond, and then there was even bars of gold or rubies or other things, and you look at them and you want to pick them up, and wow, your wealth, but you realize in the very moment that you see everything that there's no store that you could spend any of the diamonds at. And there would be no one that would barter even with you. I mean, you could do nothing with them and certainly no bank where you could deposit the value. It would never become cash. You would probably not pick up the diamonds because they're worthless to you. After a while, you stop paying attention to them. Okay. And you pay attention. So our existence in community reveals the inherent value that always existed in the material. How does it work? You, you work with the blockchain technology, right? There's a blockchain technology inside of it that substantiates the supply chain to our customers and provides a authentication of the collector, prohibiting children from working within the, within the ecosystem, okay. and then providing a sense of security and stability within pricing uh, to the collector. And the value is, is uh, you, you can't spend it anywhere, right? You can spend it on you, certain... You can immediately transfer it into cash, that's for sure. Oh, you can, okay. Absolutely. And then within the ecosystem, it's worth more. So you can spend oh. it in other places. Okay, so, so you, you get more if you, you spend it on healthcare. Spend it, or exactly. It's fees. worth even more. Right. Okay, so what, what are the examples of, uh, of the ecosystem? Uh, a, a, beautiful, uh, you know, a beautiful example is in on the island of Bali within uh, Denpasar, where our locations are located next to the big public markets. And so the, every family, well, we continue to grow, but the families who are engaged, before they go grocery shopping, they've collected all their plastic from the previous week. They segregated it at home. Before they go to the market, they come to us, it's weighed, and they get a value in their account. And now they go into the grocery market, and many of the stalls in the grocery market give a small discount. Oh. And so it's worth more even. So if the grocer gives a small discount, or the, the fishmonger gives a small discount on the fish, if it's 10% off on the fish, that adds 10% to the value of the plastic they collected. So there's all kinds of ways to continue to reveal the, the, the value in the material. So that's one ecosystem you're working on. And, and the other ecosystem is uh, with the producers, right? Uh, and you have uh, launched yeah. something called Social Plastic. We, we, our, our ecosystem is predominantly more alive with the users of the material. The people who are using pa packaging, plastic packaging, like Henkel, 
uh, within Fa and Brazil and um, all, you know a broad product range where they're making a commitment to using 100% recycled content or social plastic, getting away from using virgin material. Okay. Right. That's the one example. So they. Do they sign up to use your recycled plastic? They do. They make an investment to create a e ecosystems, and they create a supply chain that returns volumes of material that they then buy. They make an investment to change the world. They stand forward authentically to create recyclers and recycling systems around the world, and then they buy the material that we're that we're collecting. How can you scale this idea? Uh, how many users do you have at the moment? Yeah, we have tens of thousands. We continue to grow. We should finish this year at around a thousand locations. We continue to have schools and congregation and others, and and it's still just the tip of the iceberg. We're really, you know, I think finishing proof of concept, and so now it's really scalable. We've learned the supply chain, returning material, quality material, segregated material, so many things that we've had to do to, you know, appease the multinationals that are using the material. Mm. But you you will stick to plastic. Awesome. We we also collect paper and aluminum and everything oh, else. Really? I mean, we've got. We, I mean, we're an ecosystem. We're we're okay. ultimately a supply chain. We're returning material wealth, resource wealth from households. So, like the example in Bali, it's not working with the abject, illiterate and poor. It's not just the, you know, what others will call waste pickers. How degrading, you know, the people who are trying to sustenance livers. You know, we you know, of course we serve them, and we have to serve every household. It's not about replacing someone's income. It's about adding to their income. It's about it's about providing an additional few dollars a week, and that's a huge incentive. And if if enough people, <clears throat> enough number of people, if they see trash as value, exactly, then uh, there will be less trash. It doesn't. I mean, it's not trash anymore. Oh, when, they, exactly. when they see it as money, it's money. Yeah. It's not. It's not trash anymore, right? So, so you started in Haiti, then Philippines, Indonesia, Brazil, and Brazil. You know, Brazil with the congregation. India, right? Uh, will be India as a whole. Thing on its own with okay. Egypt unfolding. Uh, okay. Yeah, and we need to continue growing around the world. I mean, Egypt's our, our African beachfront, we'll call it. You know, the Nile is important. You know, and we're more like a chain of bank branches, really. Like, you know, and that's the locations in Bali for sure. You know, it's a bank branch where there's tellers. You bring in the plastic, it's weighed, and then there's a banking transaction that occurs through a digital application, and then you can see the value transferred and deposited. And then all of that value for our customers or anyone who wants to participate can see where the money is spent, who spends it, uh, and, and the goodness that is created from all of it. Actually, I think the Plastic Bank was, it came up in another episode of the podcast when we talked about blockchain solutions. Because there, are, there aren't that many really interesting you know, blockchain applications still. But I think this was one, one great example. Because your co-founder was in Stockholm last year. Yeah, gave it to right. Me, and right. I listened to her. <laughs> the project manager of this fair said, yeah, Plastic Bank is coming. It's amazing. First time ever. I was like, yeah, it was here last year. Oh. Uh, but that, that was your co-founder. What's his name? Uh, Sean. Sean's, Sean's been a long time uh, friend. Yeah, Sean Frankson. Yes, yeah, at the exactly. Me convention. Yeah. So what do you see? I mean, uh, using this technology in this uh, sort of app interface, helping uh, the poor to, you know, get out of poverty, basically, and earn a living. <clears throat> Do you see other other areas where you can you could improve their lives? Um, well, education certainly is critically yeah. important. I mean, if you can't write, you know, there's a great conversation about many governments in the world that are elected uh, from emotion and not and not from 
you know, decision, not from an intellectual decision, but an emotional decision. And the emotional decision can often be conveyed through riot and other things. So people don't even know who they're voting for. Uh, they're, they're ignorant. They can't read. They don't know what's occurring. They don't know that there's a different perspective. Many countries in the world still suffer from ignorance. I would say almost all do, um, but many of the developing certainly require an opportunity to have the, the population have at least a basic literacy. And now, I mean, if, if they do have the app, they must have uh, access to a smartphone somewhere. Yeah, I'm surprised so. at how many people have access to smartphones. <laughs> Remarkable. And the iPhone 11 just came out, so that'll lead to millions of new phones in the world. What is your best tip for making the world a better place in the future? What came to me when I had the idea of the plastic bank was not just the idea of the plastic bank, because I mean, it, was, it, was such, it was such an enormous idea that I was going to be able to you know, execute on an organization that would be exponential, global, working into thousands of languages, all of the conditions, building supply chain, everything else. That was the first idea. The second idea, or second thought that I had was the overwhelm and fear of that, that I, it was just impossible, it was too big of an idea, who was I? Hmm. But the answer to your question also came in the third thought that I had. And the third thought was that I didn't need to be at all the person who could change the world. I only needed to become slowly the person who could. And that would just be a lifetime journey of becoming the CEO, becoming the human that could give up its past to truly live into the future. So my advice to anyone is that everybody has the power and that you don't need to be the person. You have to make a decision to become the person. That could take the next 20 years, but then you at least get to become the person. You participate in the journey. The journey truly is the destination. The only thing that we have is the very given moment that is existing within us, and we get to fully participate in the purpose of why we're here on Earth. It's available for anyone and everyone. Who were you when you started? I was not who I am today, that is for sure. That is for sure. I lived in, in, in... I think the greatest change in my life is that, I, that I, I found a place where I came to learn that the only thing that exists is, is right now. There's such a depth in the knowing that anything that will ever occur will only happen in the now. Anything that has ever occurred only happened in the now. And I only exist in what is right now. And so when I truly make my decisions and plan vision and future and creation and execute over an organization that is based on now, I have a far greater opportunity of creating a reality where most base their decisions on the past, on the story that they take forward with them, on why they can or can't do things, or just the absolute unreal. But at the same time, you create the future when every small decision you make in the, in the you present. You do, yeah. And, and when you're in the present and choose a future that is not tied to the past, you have a far greater opportunity of having an unlimited future. You get to choose anything if you don't have an association or tie to what you think you can or can't do. Oh, you mean so you should get rid of the uh, once you Yeah, that's stuff. right. It doesn't exist. Like, yeah, right? it doesn't work. It never works. Exactly. It never work. works. <laughs> Someone told me I can't do that, whatever it is. So, oh, I won't think of the future that way. People think of the future from a sense of safety so that they won't look bad based on something that happened in their past. What? Crazy. Right. We get it. It's the human condition. I get it. But that's, that's one of the things that I've got to give up. But it's, it's like you couldn't start this project in, uh, at the same scale uh, 20 years ago because you didn't have no, apps, smartphones, no. blockchain. All of them. All the supply chain or the demand or the, the realization. You know, and we could talk about the, the, you know, the proliferation of information today as well, what's occurred and how many people are aware of what's happening in the ocean. That wouldn't have occurred before. No. Do you have a good uh, reading tip? 
I listen to everything. So are you asking for a book or... What yeah, you, a book or a podcast or something. Mm, you know, I don't... I, I listen to books, you know. I, I guess it may be a podcast is maybe... I, I haven't really spent time in podcasts, forgive me. But, um, but I go through like a book a week, right? So, and I listen to my books. So when I'm traveling, I'm in line at the airport or at customs or on the plane, I'm always learning. And, and there's a great conversation. And if I could, you know, listen to anything with anyone listening, is that given the opportunity to arrive smarter than when you left... Is, is a great opportunity. Like, why would you get in the car and listen to the radio and arrive numb when you could get in the car and listen to a book and arrive having new knowledge and a greater sense of who you were before you left? You know, that's, I think there's, there's a... There's well, you a, need to reset your mind also sometimes. I, <laughs> you don't. I'll leave that with you. <laughs> Just pack right. it in. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, who do you think I should interview in this podcast? What do you want your listeners to take away? Who do you want them to become as a result of your podcast? Well, more aware of um, the opportunities that lie in the future. Um, not just see the world as, uh, you know, everything's going to hell. See the, see the um, challenges and, and uh, create opportunities from that. I have a couple of beautiful friends. I've got, um, you know, certainly there's Neil, who out of Thailand... Uh, learning the degradation of sustenance farmers and the, and the challenges of white rice and the sickness that white rice creates. As a Thai man went out to seek the world's foremost rice expert who happened to be Thai that through crossbreeding created a, a rice called jasperry rice. It is a superfood, seven times more antioxidant than kale and protein rich and all kinds of superfoods. It's remarkable and delicious. And, and took that seed and now works with 2,000 uh, small stakeholder farmers and created a whole new crop for them. And because it's been so well crossbred, it requires no fertilizer, it's 100% organic, increases the quality of life and nutrition that the farmer has, and then they sell that rice at a premium so the farmer even makes more money and creating a new, new food category for the world. A remarkable wow. young man based out of Thailand. That's so the market new. understands... The product as well. He, that you know, everyone has to begin. Right. So, and they are they're, they're you know they sell out. Uh, and then there's Ria out of India who who takes biomass and has created a 90 day compostable paper plate and paper paper flatware that you throw it in the side of the road and in 90 days it degrades. Right. So I, I mean, there's so many amazing people doing such remarkable things um, that truly know that they're changing the world. Uh, it's not even a, a paradigm that they are or not. It's like, of course I'm changing the world. It's not, you know, it's beautiful. There's a lot of people doing some amazing, amazing things. What is your take on, on climate change? Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you worried or are you um, optimistic that we can work something out? I, you know, I am focused on right now. And I, and, I, and I live in a way, you know, that is focused on regenerating humanity and creating a place for people to be, you know, regenerative. Um, do I do I do I know if it's occurring or not? I don't think I, I care if it's actually occurring or not. I'm not a scientist. I would never be in a position to argue whether it is or not. Most people want to just argue out of conjecture. I just make the assumption that what I'm doing in the world is taking away from the planet. So why would I live in a way that might be taking away from something? I want to regenerate and do well for the world and do well for people. So I just show up in a way that tries to have as little harm as possible or create better better opportunities for humanity. I don't think it matters whether, whether there's climate change or not. We should just show up in a way that, that is powerful for the world. Well, who, 
what's the worst case scenario that we've made a greener, cleaner, uh, more humane society? <laughs> Why is everyone arguing? Isn't that the right way? Isn't that the way we should be living? It's not even about climate change. It's about that we show up as humans. Hmm. What are we killing cows for? What are we, you know, killing gentle natured beasts for and inseminating beautiful gentle natured beasts that they have a calf and then why they cry for each other? We separate the baby from the mother so we can murder it, eat it? What the? What? What? It's crazy. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that society needs to be um, aware of. Yeah. Good final words. Uh, thank you, David Katz, yeah. for, for <laughs> joining us. for having me. <laughs> yeah. uh, check out uh, the plastic... Is it The Plast Plastic Bank? No, it's just plasticbank.com. Plasticbank.com uh, for more information and uh, a great TED Talk that you can listen to from David. Um, my name is Christian von Essen. This is herefremtiden.sc if you want to know more about our podcast and uh, the previous interviews we've had. Uh, there's a section called in English that you can find 25 or 30 English interviews there. Thank you for listening.